All right, Mike Farrell, Adam Gorney here, Godfather and Gorney podcast. Uh, neither of us shaved for this, but yours Never. looks better than mine because you're younger than I am. But um, Alabama wins, no surprise. Your takeaways from the game? Yeah, it was complete dominance, I thought. Um, I mean, the offense was was moving so easily. There was like no stopping Alabama's offense. They could really just do whatever they pleased at any point against a very good defense. I know they were missing some guys because of COVID. I don't think it would have mattered at all. Devontae Smith looked like an NFL receiver. John Meachie looks like an NFL receiver. Najee Harris looks like the best running back ever to play the game. Everybody just looked like they were completely doing exactly as they were expected to do. They're, they made almost no mistakes except for the Mac Jones fumble. It was a phenomenal performance and I really do think that that might be Nick Saban's best team. Yeah, I think, you know, again, we talk about this, that, and the other. I, I don't know if it is. Um, offensively, I think it's his best team. And that yeah. includes last year's team, which had Ruggs and Judy in addition to Devontae Smith and Najee. Um, but defensively, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think there's been other Alabama teams that have been more balanced. But when you talk about the great defenses, then you talk about Alabama running the ball with Derrick Henry and, you know, being a run first offense and quarterbacks being game managers. And that's not the case there anymore. So Mac Jones was very impressive. There's a narrative that he's an underrated kid that nobody wanted to throw in in the class with Tua, which is crap. I was on a full ride today with Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel and I said that was crap. He was number 159 in the country and a yeah. four-star kid, plenty of offers. We saw him numerous times. I think what he was doing was playing seven-on-seven seven football all season long because of that offensive line. He had so much time, such a clean pocket. And we all have seen seven-on-seven seven a billion times. And, you know, they count you down. Uh, that's how you get a sack in seven-on-seven. Seven. There's no pass rush whatsoever. You have a clear line of vision to everybody, and the yeah. receivers have tons of time to get open, uh, single move, double moves. And that's kind of why I don't think Tua is going to be good in the NFL, despite being so good at Alabama. And I'm not crapping on Mac. I, I just don't think he's going to be a first-round talent. I think the talent around him in the offensive line makes the difference for Alabama. Yeah, I don't think he's a first-round talent, but I do think he could – run an NFL offense. He's never going to have an offensive line anywhere in the NFL that's as protective there. And I also have to give Steve Sarkeesian a lot of credit for the plays. Those crossing routes were impossible to stop. That first touchdown to Devontae Smith, where it looked like he was going in motion, then came back. He was wide open. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to call plays when you have Najee Harris and Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Michi, Billingsley, Forrestal, Waddle on one leg looked faster than the Ohio State defense. Um, but those are pretty inventive play calls, too. I, a lot of them just – Ohio State had no answer. And Kerry Coombs is a brilliant guy and a great defensive coach, and there was nothing that they could do to stop them. It, it was really impressive. And if, if Alabama really wanted to pour it on in the second half, which they didn't, they kind of played ball control and ran the clock a little bit, they could have made that a, a, look a whole lot worse. Yeah, so here's here's an interesting topic, I think, that people are afraid to broach. What's the difference between Ohio State and Notre Dame? Other than the national championship that they won with Cardell 
what was it now six years ago yeah i mean they got croaked by alabama and notre dame got croaked by alabama nobody's saying ohio state didn't belong or they were outmatched or they'll never win the big one but you know it was the same exact score that alabama beat texas a&m yep. in, in the in the game earlier this season same exact score and they dominated ohio state in a similar fashion to the way notre dame was dominated now i know it was 21 14 at one point and and all that good stuff but why why this narrative that notre dame is outmatched in ohio state it's not when they were clearly outmatched well i'll tell you this and it was it's a different it was a different game though when alabama beat notre dame what was that two games ago or whatever Mm -hmm. it felt like alabama got up early it was 14 nothing and they said notre dame can't score 14 on us we don't need to do anything else and so we're just going to not do a whole lot else they only scored 31 in that game the offense really wasn't clicking as well. Now that might've been Notre Dame's defense being much better than we expected it to be. And then having a little more team speed than we thought they were going to be, or it could have been Alabama saying, we're not going to show Notre Dame a whole lot. We're not going to show Clemson or Ohio state a whole lot here. And then they showed everything to Ohio state. Ohio state's a little bit different. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, they have more team speed. They have better receivers. They've they definitely had a better quarterback who was, probably playing at least injured at at best yesterday. I mean, he took that one shot and he started grabbing his side and showed a lot of courage there, but I do get your point. My, my concern is that college football is not four teams up there or five teams competing. It's one team and then four teams or five teams. And the USA today wrote something today, which I thought was completely absurd and ridiculous. And they said, how do we stop Alabama from kind of ruining college football? This isn't ruining it. It's making it so much more interesting to see if anybody can even compete with them. They were talking about equity and recruiting and not allowing Alabama to sign the players they want and almost buying Saban out of his contract so he can't coach anymore. Is that the path that we want to take in college football? So look, Alabama didn't win the national title last year. I don't believe they won it the year before. It's been a, it's been a little stretch here, but that team that we saw last night it was a special one. They're going to be special again in the years to come. Bryce Young is I would say probably a more dynamic quarterback than Mac Jones. They're going to be very good. So, let's see if Ohio State and Notre Dame and Clemson and Oklahoma and those teams can compete with them. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, they they had a close game against Clemson. Right. Lost. They won the national championship against Alabama, you know, with Cardell Jones uh, and Ezekiel Elliott leading the way there. But they also got waxed by Clemson. I think it was 31 to nothing. And now they've been waxed by Alabama. So, you know, I guess because of a close loss to Clemson and, and of course, the national championship. But I, when does that fade? I mean, that was 2014. Um, it's just to me, it's unfair to Notre Dame. Yeah. Just because, you know, they get so much criticism, uh, you know, and, and it's harder for Notre Dame to get there. Let's let's not forget that they have academic restrictions that Ohio State would never even dream of having. So right. Brian Kelly has to put together a roster of smart kids who, who pass academic standards at Notre Dame and get off to the national championship or the playoff and get smoked. But when Ohio State gets smoked, nobody talks about it. Um so that's a little bit pro Notre Dame and I'm not anti Ohio state 
at all. I, I didn't think they belonged to the playoff because they didn't play enough games. But yeah. it's clear now, after they beat Clemson, they belonged to the playoff. And and they would have done the same thing AM would have done. AM probably would have lost to Clemson. Um, yeah. you know, and and I, I think they would have got waxed by Alabama. But I just think that narrative that oh, you know, Notre Dame gets there and they shouldn't even waste a spot on Notre Dame when, you know, two out of the last three games in the playoff, Ohio State's been destroyed. So um, was it a real uh, was it a real shot to put Notre Dame finish Notre Dame fifth? I thought that was a little cheap shot there. Uh yeah, but who cares about final polls? Nobody yeah, that's, that's true. Crap. Um so Alabama, this is not going to change. You know, we don't have to put, I mean, come on, there's been dynasties before. Um, the show dynasty, that was a good show. In, in sports, there's been dynasties, and you didn't put any limitations on what the Boston Celtics could do, you know, with Bill Russell when they won, what, nine out of 10 championships in a decade. And, you know, there have been programs that have won multiple Super Bowls. You know, the Cowboys won three in this opinion. Yeah. Three and four years, I think, the Patriots six over whatever. You don't punish them for winning. Parity eventually occurs. And Alabama has no advantage here other than the fact that they put kids in the first round of the NFL draft and they win national championships. And you know what? If another team won six national championships over what what's it been, 12 years that Saban's been there? I believe, yeah. And put kids in the first round every year, they would be the team that would be dominating. And Let's not forget Clemson has won two national championships in the last, what, five years? Five years, yeah. So, you know, I mean, the factor fiction today was will someone other than Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson be in the in the championship next year? I forget what my answer is because I I don't I don't even remember half the stuff I do. But I think we both agreed that no, <laughs> that no, I agree. I said Oklahoma will make it. Okay, Oklahoma so you said I, I think I said fiction. And again, I came out with my top ten, and we'll talk about that, which I'm sure you didn't look at. I um, studied it. What's that? I studied it from top to bottom. Who's number one? Georgia. No, you didn't even no. look at it. You son of a bitch! It's or Oklahoma's number one. Yeah, preseason. Georgia's yeah. number two. Alabama's number three, and everybody's like, I would imagine they're thinking, why on earth did you ever put Alabama number three? You know, yes, why why would you do that? I I just I have to see Bryce Young effective. And okay. you know, again, this year I didn't have I had Clemson as my number one team because of quarterback play. And, yeah. and I thought Bryce would win the job for Mac Jones, and I was way wrong on that. And and I can't pronounce his name, but Tony at our Alabama site could gloat over me all day because he said they, that Mac would and put up these crazy numbers and he was right and I was wrong but quarterback play is what it comes down to they're losing Najee they're losing Waddle they're losing Devonta Smith they're losing uh, Leatherwood Mac uh they're losing Dickerson they're losing Leatherwood now again I know they rebuild and and and, and they don't rebuild they actually just reload but I can't put them number one with all those losses. And they'll probably go undefeated and win the national championship again. But Oklahoma doesn't lose really anybody. Their defense is so improved. Rattler uh, is, is got a year under his belt. That offense is amazing. I got Georgia, too, with JT Daniels. Lots of weapons there. James Cook, your boy uh, Kendall Milton. 
Yeah. You know, uh, I think the receivers, your guy Burton, um, mm. you know, are young and talented, of course, Pickens, and, and their defense is going to be good. So after three, and then it was Clemson, four. So Oklahoma is the one outlier, and I have them first. Then Ohio State, same old teams. Um, and then you've got AM, which has no shot because they're in the same division as who's the quarterback at Ohio State next year? CJ Stroud? Yeah, that's what I wrote. I mean, CJ Stroud is the guy who's going to step in, I think. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be very good. And I think their offense is going to be very good. And I think honestly, their their secondary is going to be better. Um, you know, they've got some young guys that I think are going to develop. And this year, I think their secondary was their big weakness. Um, yeah. you know, and their linebackers too. I mean, they, you know, they had Big linebackers, physical linebackers, but they weren't the fastest guys in the world. Um, as we saw last night, as Pete Warner, was it Pete Warner or Tough Borland? <laughs> He's chugging. But that's so, that's so unfair. I mean, it is unfair. Well, it is unfair. That play call, that was Kiffin, not Kiffin, uh, Sarkeesian. <laughs> and, and again, to your point about Sarkeesian, I mean, Kiffin's play calling when, when they won the national championship was unbelievable as well. Yeah, um, it was. The one thing Ohio State didn't do offensively, which they needed to do more, was to use the tight end down the middle. It worked on that one play with Rucker, but Rucker, yeah, you've got to attack the middle against uh, Alabama, and they and they didn't do it well enough. But but Fields was getting pressured constantly. I mean, Christian Barmore just made himself millions. He's oh awesome. my god, he's so good, and he's going to be you know a top fifteen pick now, um, and deservedly so. But that pocket was pushed consistently. And, and Mac's pocket was not, save for the one play where he fumbled. So, you know what's crazy, too? I want to say this because I remember it off the top of my head before I forget. When we saw Devontae Smith at Army yeah. at the All-American Bowl, yeah. Sean Wade got physical with him. Sean Wade stayed step for step with him. And now they look like two different players. And that is just development. I mean, Saban recruits, yes, he gets great players. But then he makes them like 10 times better, not just, you know, just decently better. I mean, Devontae Smith worked Sean Wade, worked Seven Banks yesterday. And Devontae Smith at Army wasn't, I mean, he was a good player, but it wasn't like we are watching the greatest college wide receiver of all time here. No, but he was also 160 pounds. And you remember the famous video of LeCount throwing him over the bench. And yeah, what I liked true. about Devontae Smith, even though he was so little, and we had him as a top 50 guy, and he was in the five-star discussion because he was yeah. a great route runner and so so fluid. I liked the fact that he, nothing ever bothered him. You know, right. you know, LeCount, that was a Bush League move. And yep. Devontae Smith was just like, you know, whatever. Right. And then the next year he catches, you know, the, the, the touchdown to win the national championship. Nothing bothers him um but remember Wade switched positions this year too now you'd yeah. think by now he would have adjusted but again they only played uh, a short handful of games what was it this is their eighth game now yeah they have him playing off he's not good at press I think Wade you know fell out of the first round this year um but some of the schemes you know to get Devontae Smith across the middle yeah. Or or on that play where he was in motion to get him singled up. I don't know how the defense allows that to happen. I just I just don't like let let Michi beat you. Right. Let let everybody else, you know, waddle, you know, on one leg. Yeah. 
make sure you pay a lot of attention to Devontae Smith. And he had 12 catches for 230-something yards in the first half. Three touchdowns, yeah. He would have put up 400 yards and, and, and probably six touchdowns had he not injured his finger. But the defensive scheme, and, and I do like Kerry Coombs. I think he's a very good defensive coach, and he's put a lot of defensive acts in the first round of the NFL draft. But they just didn't have the guys. And even up front, you know, even if they were healthy up front, they didn't have – there was no Chase Young. There was no Boza. There's no freak yeah. on the outside. Um, yeah. Their defensive tackles over the last many years have been underrated as far as underappreciated, not underrated. And, you know, they didn't get that push up the middle either. So it's Mac Jones sitting back there with five seconds yeah. to survey the field and just throw wherever he wants to throw. And that's how it's been all season long. No one can get any pressure on these guys. And you have to credit. I mean, Dickerson goes out. Who they put in? Owens at center? Yeah, no, no, no drop off at all. None. And, and, and you've got, you know, um, you know, other than Leatherwood, what's the catch? Brown killed it. No, the, the other tackle. The six foot eight, 330 pound kid who can box jump 42 inches. And I always think of Matty Elam, but it's not Matty Elam. It's, um, oh, you're killing me. I'm drawing a blank here. I thought you would know. Hold on. It's so stupid. It's going to come up. That's just to mean you thought I'd know. What am I, some kind of loser? Something, you know? I mean, I can't carry this team. Evan Neal. And I don't know why. Oh, Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Why I have Matt Elam in my head. Oh, two players couldn't be more different. No, but it's like Evan and Elam, and that's how stupid I am. And I need to take Mm -hmm. like fish oil or some sort of omega 3 or something to get my brain going because. Evan Neal is is a top five pick in the 2023 yeah. draft. And, yeah. and Leatherwood has kind of been up and down this season. Um, he's probably going to be a late first rounder uh, yeah. or second rounder. I mean, if, if Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, who's been an absolute disaster for the Titans, can be a first rounder, I think Leatherwood can be. But Chris Owens pops in at center. Dickerson could be a first rounder. Um, yeah. It's crazy. And, and then, you know, Deontay Brown doesn't get any attention and he's going to be a 10 year pro. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's where they're at there with Alabama. Okay, let's go down your top 10 list. George, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma one, Georgia two, Alabama three. Okay. Uh, and we'll go through it and then you disagree with whatever you want. Clemson four with DJ. Yep. Now, now again, I don't have Alabama and Georgia both making the playoffs. So that's kind of weird, I know. Ohio State, five. I've got them making the playoff with Clemson and then either Georgia or Alabama and Oklahoma. And then it's A&M, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Florida, and Oregon. I'm interested. I'm surprised that you put North Carolina behind A&M because your whole thing is returning quarterbacks aren't going to sell you. And A&M is going to be a little questionable at quarterback, isn't it? Yes, but here's my point. So UNC is losing their two running, running backs. backs. Yeah. And those two guys are unbelievable. So let me pull up their stats because, I mean, people. A- I'm sorry. I zoned out. Uh, A&M, North Carolina, Cincinnati. Yeah. They're returning. Everybody. They got everybody. And then uh, Florida and then uh, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. And Florida is a question mark. You know, obviously Trask is gone. Emory Jones not sold on. They're losing all their wide receivers, and we see what that can do to you. 
Um, yeah. But I think, you know, DeMarcus Bowman and Lingard will be able to run the ball better. They'll be better on the offensive line, and they got to be better defensively, even though they kept Grantham. Um, I think they have to be better defensively. So, but when I, when I talk about UNC, I love Sam Howell, no doubt about yeah, it. Definitely. Man, losing those two running backs is crazy. I mean, you look at the, the look at the rushing leaders in college football this year. Number four is Michael Carter. Number six is Javante Williams. Okay. And what's crazy is when you think of North Carolina, just off the top of your head, you think Sam Howell's just throwing the ball every play. Right. They're not. And these guys, Carter's averaging eight yards a carry. Yeah. And Javante Williams averaged 7.3. And, and lost to Florida State. Now, now tell me how, how that happens. The defense is horrendous. And that's also yeah. why I have them lower than AM because AM's defense is going to be nasty. Next oh, my God. AM's defense. See, I think next year could be sort of Jimbo's year to, t- to topple Alabama at least for one year. And here's yeah. why. Well, who's the quarterback? Exactly what he wants. Uh, he's going to run the ball and slow down the game to no end. And the defense is not going to let anybody score a point. Well, here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. Ready? They're losing everybody on their offensive line. <laughs> I mean, they lose... They lose Carson Green, they lose Jared Hawker, they lose Ryan McCollum, they, they lose Dan Moore. I mean, Kenyon yeah, is the only one coming back, and they're all freshmen replacing them. Talented. You know, remember Chris Morris and some yeah. guys like that, Layden Robinson, but they lose four of their five offensive linemen. They lose Kellen Mond, you know, so that means either Haynes King or Zach Pelzada is jumping in there. Mm. Neither of them scare me. I love Isaiah Spiller, but he's going to be running behind a, a new offensive line. And their skill guys, I mean, Demas, we would expect to take a step up. But the defense loaded, absolutely freaking loaded. But I worry about that offense. So that's why I have them. Because their yeah. whole line is what did it this year. Isaiah Spiller was awesome. Mon had time. There were no mistakes yeah. made. They had some wide receivers opt out. If they had those, they would have been even better. But that's my concern with AM is the offense. So I think Bryce Foster plays next season. Boom, right away. I think so too. I think I think next college football season is gonna this year was fun because Trevor came back and Justin Fields and the whole thing and at Alabama do it with Mac Jones. But next year, they're like out of that top 10, there are gonna be like six teams with new quarterbacks. That's going to be fun to see who kind of emerges as the next guy. Yeah. And, and the other reason, you know, I have North Carolina lower is, is because again, their defense will be improved um, and they'll still have those offensive weapons at wide receiver, but they're going to, you know, lose those two running backs. And I just don't think that Howell gets sacked a lot and, and yeah. that's not his fault, but you know, I, I, I like AM's defense to keep yeah. them, you know, in the hunt more so. I think UNC wins their division next year and then goes to plays Clemson and Clemson's defense is going to be nasty next year, I think much better than this year and and they're going to beat them. So um, Cincinnati and returns everybody. Florida, as I mentioned, they've already got question marks. Oregon, it was either Oregon or USC from the from the Pac-12 and, and it's sad that, you know, the Pac-12 team is number 10 in my preseason. Um, Oregon needs a quarterback, you know, Tyler show needs to either step up and develop or, or they have to go with the, the, who's the kid Butterfield or whatever. Hey, Butterfield. Who's eight feet tall and the Justin Herbert clone or, or our guy, our five-star 
from Arizona jumps yeah. right in, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, but they'll they'll play physical and their defense will be very, very good with Thibodeau and hopefully Flo healthy and Sewell and, and all those guys. So that's why I have them. But again, can any of these teams win a national championship? Oklahoma, probably not. They get to the playoff and they always get croaked because of their defense. Um, yeah, but their defense is much better now, although, albeit right. against Iowa State and whoever right. else. So, you know, and, and again, the, the, the game against Florida, you can't really judge because Florida had no weapons. Georgia can win it all, but they choke. And, and Kirby, I don't know if, this is, if he's a national title coach. Alabama can certainly win it all. Best coaching, best talent. Clemson if can I certainly pick win right it all. now. I'd pick Clemson to win it all. Yeah, so Clemson can win it all. I don't know if I if Ohio State can. I mean, if they were thirty points below Alabama this year with Fields, and and I know Sermon got hurt early, and that was a factor as well, but it wouldn't have mattered. Um, you know, their wide receivers are going to be great, but they're losing key components on the offensive line. So, you know, you can't say they're going to be stronger next year without fields. They could be as good. And then AM has no chance because of their division. North Carolina has no chance because of their conference. Cincinnati has no chance because of their group of five. Uh, and Florida, likely less than Georgia in the SEC East. So, again, it'll come down to the same old teams. But that's fine. That's life. What are you going to do? Recruit better. Coach better. Right? Yeah, but I mean, it, it comes down to the same old teams, but Georgia's back in there. Oklahoma will be back in there. Texas A&M at least has a shot. Uh, you know what I thought would be cool? You forgot Notre Dame in your top 10, Mike. Yeah, I didn't forget them. I mean, Kyron's still in the backfield. The offensive line loses a lot. Um, they have no skill guys outside that scare anybody. Yeah. And Jack Cohn is going to be their starter most likely. So forget about them. Um, I thought, I always thought it'd be interesting. The USFL a hundred years ago used to have regional drafting. So you were allowed to draft players in certain States and no one else was allowed to. Hmm. And I loved it. Now it, it wasn't a smart idea, but can you imagine if they did say, okay, Nick Saban's too good. Let's change something and let's make kids go to schools in their home state. <laughs> How amazing would like, and, and, and IMG doesn't count, you know, JC Latham, you got to go to Wisconsin, okay. but how amazing would certain teams be, you know, if, if kids had to stay there, like Washington would be to me uh, a perennial Pac-12 contender because mm -hmm. um, the guy they just lose a lot of guys in state but you know tommy brockermeyer i'm sorry tommy you have to go to texas you gotta go to or, texas. or texas a&m those are those are your choices what if uh usc's quarterbacks were jt daniels bryce young dj and cj stroud that would be a pretty good haul. yeah so i mean that's one way to change things right i mean look at florida florida state and miami yeah you know? Everybody but the IMG kids would have to go to one of those schools. There'd be no Jerry Judy at Alabama. There'd be no Dallas Turner committing to Alabama or anything like that. And, you know, and LSU would never lose a kid in Louisiana. So Devontae Smith would play for LSU. It, it, I always look at it and be like, that would be kind of fun. 
but ridiculous, but interesting, you know? It'd be fun to have a, uh, a state's all-star game before they go to college. What do you mean? Like each state plays each like other? Cali- like, like in the olden days when California played oh. Florida? Yeah, that would be cool. Those were good games. I like those. They were. You know, and, and those kids, that was back in the day when they actually tried. Nowadays, kids wouldn't give a crap. Yeah. You know, they did they did fly them all out to California and they'd all get their gear and half of them be hurt first day of practice. Yeah. Like those were dogs back in the day, like like Cromartie. And it was they didn't have to travel every weekend to another seven on seven tournament. This you know, it's like like those games are still important just so everyone is on the same field at the same time. But it's like the fortieth event they did that year when everyone was on the same field at the same time. Yeah. And, and, and again, those guys were like, like I said, there was a different, you know, breed of guy back then. Yeah. Even the California kids with, you know, DJ Williams, guys like that were just, they were animals. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's less dogs nowadays than any, any time before. But Caleb Williams would have to go to Maryland. Parody. So bad. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Right? I, I you know, I would love, love to, like, pursue this somehow but i don't want to do the work right you know but you know kamar whedon i'm sorry you can't go to alabama naji you got usc cal stanford or ucla those are your choices nothing else changes the whole landscape of college football there are no power programs if this happens there's parity is that what you want mike no this is fine it's fine because I won money on Alabama. I bet I bet the, the spread, I bet the over, I bet each quarter. <laughs> over, you just snuck in there with the over. Yeah, but I knew I would. I mean, come on. You know, that wasn't really, I wasn't worried. And uh, and the quarters, the only quarter I lost was the first quarter. And, and, and I think Saban or somebody had the first quarter too, because they did that hurry up play at the end of the first quarter to try to score. <laughs> and the line was six. So I'm like, it's a bad play, but I'm like, somebody's trying to help me here, but I want every other quarter. So I, I had a good night. Um, draft. So Devontae Moore, I mean, uh, Devontae, uh, Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith? I think at this point, you got to go Devontae Smith. So yeah, I disagree with you. Devontae Smith broke all of Jamar Chase's records. Yes. And Jamar Chase hasn't been playing football in a year. Yes. And I still disagree with you. All right. And I'll tell you why. And Jamar Chase is playing with a better quarterback. Jamar Chase is bigger, stronger. Okay. Uh, Devontae Smith, you still feel like he's going to break in half. Yeah, yeah, he's still lean. Yeah. I mean, he's super skinny. Like, not lean. Like, I know uh, the Slim Reaper is Kevin Durant's nickname or whatever. Right. I do want to see if Devontae Smith lifts at the combine and how many reps he can do. Is he wiry strong or is he just kind of just silky smooth fast and, and breaks? I think he's wiry strong. I think he's like Diggs. You know, like Diggs is super strong and nobody knows it. Yeah. But, but even Diggs coming out of college was much thicker than Devontae Smith. Um, you know, so again, it's six foot one, 200 pounds, Jamar Chase versus Devontae Smith, who's probably six foot and has to be like 180, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's why I have, you know, Chase going ahead of him. Now, again, based on both had great years, you know, crazy years. Uh, and, and, you know, Jamar Chase won the Balintnikoff award and people forget about him because he did opt out this year, but, you know, just insane statistics. Same with, uh, same with Devontae Smith. Do you and, think those guys get penalized for opting out? Mm-mm. Not at all. No, I've talked to some NFL people, uh, a lot of them actually. Um, and I talked to them about, you know, when this started happening, you know, when, when Micah Parsons and Caleb Farley and those guys all started opting out early, Yeah. you know, and then we had some opt back ins, but I'm like, you know, is this going to be a question in your head? And the answer was absolutely not. Zero. Yeah, I would imagine those guys would love for them not to get banged up for a whole year. They know what they can do on the field. Yeah, and and I was surprised at the answer a little bit. You know, like with the Parsons, because the linebacker group is just you know, it's him and Collins and then the rest. Yeah. Um, but you know, with a guy like Farley, who was a fringe first rounder, I was like, you know, is is this going to be a question about his competitive nature and blah blah blah? Right. No, they don't give a crap. So. And that's the other reason why I think Chase will go ahead of Smith. Um, I think they'll both go top 10. I think Kyle Pitts will go top 10 too. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody went on Pitts before either of them. Yeah. I mean, draft stuff is so hard because we were talking so much about that last year and it's, is it Judy? Is it, is it uh, whoever else? And then Ruggs goes first and you're like, Ruggs? Come yeah. On. Well, cause he ran that four, three, one or whatever, but Another thing would be cool is to allow teams to draft high school recruits. Oh, I, I absolutely yeah. love that idea. So let's pretend the group of five doesn't exist because they don't in the minds of the NCAA. You got 65 power five teams if you include Notre Dame, right? So whoever the worst team is, Syracuse, I don't know. You're on the clock. With the first selection, Syracuse takes Mason Smith. And poor Mason Smith has to go from Louisiana. Oh, my God. Syracuse, New York, and play for that horrible football team. But, again, interesting, you know? No, what's interesting would be if NFL team, just like Major League Baseball. And hockey, yeah. Like hockey or, like, sometimes, like, Google does this with people in the technology industry is they pay you, okay, yeah. and – you're then you go to college and you play or whatever, but you're getting paid from the NFL team that you're going to go play for. Now that provides all kinds of other problems and the NCAA can't even figure out name image likeness. And they're pushing that down the road now, but. Well, they're not getting paid. The baseball guys aren't getting paid. If they stay in college, they're not getting paid by the athletics. You have to turn pro and hockey's too. So you have a contract in place, right? You have the rights or, or the rights of your contract are owned for two years. Uh, so okay. in hockey, for example, you could draft a kid who's a high school senior. To, you know, you have to be a certain age to be drafted. So you'll see in the NFL draft, someone will select some kid out of, you know, a high school or, you know, obviously a junior league in, in Canada. And then he'll go on to play two years at, you know, Boston College or Minnesota or Michigan or whatever, and and they'll evaluate him each year. And he has a, a a mentor, a family advisor, which is technically an agent, but but no one's getting paid yet. But that agent helps him. 
let's say he has a great year and wins the Hobie Baker the first year, wins a national championship, and and the LA Kings want him on their roster. That's when you know they 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 call him up, so to speak. But they, to to my knowledge, and again, I haven't followed this in 20 years. I used to follow hockey very very closely. Yeah. Um, but they own the rights to them. And that would be interesting too. And, and that could get to be the case eventually. I mean, people think, you know, eventually it's going to be two years and then it's going to be one year, which is of course true. Uh, or you could go to that model where you could draft the kids once they turn a certain age. Uh, you know, if they're 18 or older, you can draft them so that Mason Smith could be drafted this year by a team that says, yeah, we're going to draft him now and and we'll see if he can make our team, you know, after a year in college or we're going to bring him right out of the way. That would be very interesting because then we're tying kids to, you know, with the 18th pick, the Cowboys select Mason Smith. And then you're like, OK, did he have a good enough year at LSU to get called up? Do they want him right away? That would be extremely intriguing because covering hockey draft and recruiting back when I did a hundred years ago was really interesting. Um, because again, you were scouting kids in high school, but projecting them to the pros, knowing that they would be there within a year or two. Yeah. Um, and who wouldn't want to play hard in college football if they had the opportunity to leave, to go play in the NFL, if they chose to do that. Well, and that's the other thing too, is like, you know, it would change the entire strategy of the NFL because you'd be drafting kids that wouldn't be on your roster immediately. But there's no doubt in my mind, two years ago, Trevor Lawrence would have been drafted. Right. Probably first overall by somebody. I mean, who had first overall? Was it Kyler Murray two years ago? Two years. And then I, then was it Daniel? I don't remember. God, if you Number one overall was like Baker, then Kyler, then, uh, then, um, this past, I don't even know why I'm drawing a blank on this. Joe Burrow. What? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. So, you know, but had they had the ability, you you say, okay, do we want Baker or do we want Trevor Lawrence knowing that it's going to be a couple of years? But then do you push Trevor Lawrence into the NFL too quick and then kill him? And, you know, but it would be very interesting. There's a lot of things that could be done that will never be done. But right. I would like to see that type of model play out in college football i'd like to see the draft model play out in college football not for real just pretend and phony and fake you know like do it with ncaa 14 yeah and 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 throw Corey foreman with the third pick duke takes Corey foreman and he's like dude (laughs) well i'm just trying to think of like the third worst team in college football yeah right right in in the power five you know and and alabama would pick 65th (laughs) <laughs> how funny would that be i don't sound know. like the usa today that says i'm um, just imagine reading something that says nick saban and alabama are too good for college football we need to split them up yeah and that's, I mean, again that's that's stupid but but i do like the regional idea too and, and i don't like i said not real just fun like let's go back and yeah you know think of what if derrick henry had to choose between playing linebacker at Florida for Will Muschamp, running back at Florida State, or running back at Miami, and those were the only choices he had. So the landscape of college football changes entirely. One yeah. player. Oh, and that, 
absolutely does. One player, you know, and Devontae Smith can't go to Alabama. He has to stay at LSU. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he'd be there with those other receivers last year. And then this year, I mean, obviously he would have come out because they don't have a quarterback. So stuff like that always intrigues me. Um, Any other headlines going on in college football now that it's over? First of all, I'd like to say it's great we had a season. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, it was very bleak in August. The Big Ten tried to ruin it all. Pac-12 tried to follow. Um, I think it's very fitting that the Big Ten, you know, changed every rule in the book and and then just got curb stomped in the national championship game anyways. Right. Because it's not that I was rooting against Ohio State. It's just that the way they – not Ohio State, but the way the Big Ten handled everything, for them to win the national championship in this pandemic year where they were the first ones to cancel would really be annoying. Don't you think? Yeah, and the commissioner who said that uh, it wasn't safe for Big Ten schools to play, but his son could play, then okay, let's have a season as COVID cases spiked through the fall and into the winter. Then you need six games. No, you need five. Then you need 14 days. No, you need 10. Then he travels to the national championship on a Friday when the game is Monday. It's, I mean, the hypocrisy is just evident. And it's just, at this point, it's like, just whatever. You know, if if you're going to do this, we all know what you're, what you're doing and what you're talking about and what you're about, whatever else. So I'm happy that Alabama won yesterday for that reason alone. Okay, Gorney, ready? Okay. Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. Who do the Jets take? Number now, two. Do you do you take uh, do you take a quarterback and recycle that? Is, is Darnold really that much of a problem? I don't think so. I think you take Panay Stool. So you move Becton over to right tackle. Stool at left. And then still suck. And then still suck. Or you trade down that pick and get that pick. That's the intriguing part of trading down because a lot of people would want to trade up. So I still say you take Fields and blow it up. And then Sewell goes to the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins need, honestly, I think the Dolphins need a quarterback. I mean, there's Tua looks horrible, and I think he's done. Horrible Tua is going to be the future that he's done of that franchise he's awful no he's awful they already said he's the future they're not gonna yeah because they put so much money into him but now they're like oh what are we gonna do let's get rid of chan gailey let's bring in another offensive coordinator see if they can get fixed to it they can't the guy was made because of his receivers and the offense i mean he had Najee, he had judy he had rugs he had Devontae smith i mean he had a great offensive line with jedrick wills and and those draft wide receivers for him. He's a very talented quarterback. He's not. He stinks. I'm sorry. Stinks. You can make the same argument for Alabama's running backs. They're good. They're good because the offensive line opened up huge holes. But in the NFL, they've also done decently. Like at least Derrick Henry has. And, and other Josh, than Jacob, that, Josh Jacobs has, but before that, they didn't. But no, no. Two is done. Two is sorry. Not what do you want from me? Stinks. I said he would stink. Didn't I say he would stink? 
you you did of course i said mahomes would stink too yeah and how's that been that's not been well that hasn't gone well for me at all but i think the dolphins need to blow it up too and now the dolphins are interested in trading for deshaun watson because two of things but that, that is a trade that you just make right like that no matter how good Tua could be down the road, whatever you, you take do if you're the Dolphins, you don't if you're Jacksonville. You do not give up Trevor Lawrence. Oh no, for, no. for Deshaun Watson. No, yeah. If so. you're the Dolphins, you do that. Yeah. If you're the Jets, yes. But anybody but the Jacksonville Jaguars, you make that trade. Um, right. So then we go to four is Atlanta, which is interesting because they need a quarterback too. And then the Bengals are five. And that's where I think you're going to see Jamar Chase go because Jamar Chase played with Joe Burrow. They need wide receivers. They need talent for Joe uh, to throw to. And that's why I think he'll get the nod. And then Devontae Smith will probably go six to the Eagles because they need receivers because they were smart enough. Did you read that stuff where uh, Peterson insisted on Rieger? Oh, did he really? Yeah, the, the scouts wanted to go Jefferson and then Chin, first and second round. This sounds like, I'm from that area, this sounds like the biggest Philadelphia spin I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah, the coach we just fired made the wrong choice, and and the scouts, they 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 picked the, uh, the greatest rookie wide receiver of all time. Give me a break. Yeah, just tell he me. He won a Super Bowl two years ago. What? A Super Bowl. Yeah. And they took also they also took our Sega White side ahead of uh DK Metcalf. But DK Metcalf clearly this past weekend shown he's turned into a baby if you saw any of that stuff. There's, that uh, was a little baby. And then and then they finally scroll throw him a little bubble screen and like <laughs> well, they threw him the bubble screen because he was bitching so much. And then I know, right in front of him. Right. But as a coach, you gotta say shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. You don't you don't acquiesce and throw a bubble screen to a 240-pound wide receiver. He's super fast and strong, but no. It, it, the whole season went down the drain because of because of BK Metcalf for them. So. How about this, Mike? Zach Wilson or Justin Fields first? Uh Justin Fields. I agree. And and I was talking to my buddy. My buddy invited himself over last night for the championship game and he's not he follows the nfl but not college football so if it was just a constant mm. chatter in my ear about who's that who's that that kid's good and then he's thinking about his fantasy football team for next year you know like, oh, who's 22 22 is good that's Najee harris he's gonna be a first rounder and it was just annoying yeah but anyways he's he, he rode off fields in the first two drives and i'm like Fields was a little bit erratic. The running game was what really helped him win Master T in, in there. But he's like, no, Fields, gone. I'll take Wilson. I go, how much have you seen of Wilson? He goes, I've, I've just seen him throw on highlights. No, God. And I'm like, Zach Wilson, to me, is has got a great arm and he's a gunslinger. But Justin Fields, you know, he's like, Fields is small. I'm like, he's 6'3", 230. He's like, holy yeah. crap, he's that big? Mac yeah. Jones looks 10 times bigger than him. And, and Trevor Lawrence looked 10 times bigger than him last week. And I'm like, well, those are big guys too. Yeah, those are big guys too. Did you see the picture of uh, Mac and Trevor I put up on Twitter today? Yeah, that was cool. I love looking at those things. Um, those, those are great pictures. And, and what's crazy is that's only like 
four years ago. Yeah, Mac was a junior. Okay. Right? So that was between his junior and senior year. Um, and Trevor was a sophomore. That's incredible. I think he was a sophomore, maybe a freshman. Hmm. Uh, he might have been a freshman because it was 2016. So, anyways, what that what I put that up for, and I was I mentioned this on full ride as well, is anybody who says you guys suck at evaluating talent, take that picture of that kid who looks like he's 10 years old. Right. Make him the number 159 player in the country and a four star and a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. And then tell me I suck. Tell me we suck. Tell me we don't know what we're doing because that he looked like who do you look like? It's the menace. Like Peter Brady. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing about him that says he's ever going to get big. Right. His frame was nothing. His shoulders were narrow. Uh, and he looked 10 years old. So, you know, that I put it up for scouting reasons because, you know, figure that out, people, you know? So it won't shut people up, but I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I think we're done. I wanted to go a half hour and we went longer. Yeah. Uh, really, TV talk, I finished Cobra Kai. Did you? Awesome, huh? So good. Elizabeth Shue back, gorgeous. I, I was hoping she would get involved with one of them yeah so that she'd stay but clearly it was a guest appearance type of two episode yeah. thing yeah um but yeah but again the the the, the 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 school brawls are getting a little bit much yeah there's there's like an element of like gang violence going on that that is a little heavy which i'm not against you know i don't Hard have i don't have a problem yeah i have no problem with that type of violence but it is hard to believe. I mean, they're, they're kicking kids through windows and nobody's getting a cut. Right. Nobody's getting suspended. They have a huge brawl where somebody gets put into a coma in school and nobody gets suspended. And then they have a big fight in a soccer game after that and nobody gets suspended. And I'm like, what the hell school is this? <laughs> like, this would be the school that Matt Corral should go to, right? <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> don't be laugh but, but yeah when when he went back to okinawa and he met the girl and the guy that he fought that was awesome that I was thought. awesome because the girl how gorgeous is she like she held up huh yeah definitely you know, ralph macchio is 59 years old so ralph macchio in the first season of cobra kai was as old as pat morita in karate kid yeah and he looks really young that's depressing so here here's the other part about the old scenes because that that I forgot about that was Karate Kid three, two. His no, nose. Two. I thought it was three. No, two. Because three is he fights Mike Barnes with. Oh. So, so at the end of this season, Creed calls somebody, and I I'm almost certain it's Terry Silver, the guy that he used to train with, that he saved in the war. See, I I only remember the first one, and then I the two was brought back to me when he was fighting that kid. Yeah. Off his nose, and then I thought that was a dumb ending. Um. But the fact that we had to suspend reality and believe that, I mean, Ralph Macchio back then makes that picture of Mac Jones look like a bodybuilder, right? Right. So the fact that we think that he could ever hurt anybody with any sort of force is hilarious. And the fact that Ralph Macchio didn't lift a weight at all for the sequel, yeah. so he was as skinny as he was in the first one yeah. and fighting this tough guy and we expect him 
like live or die, man. Like you could kill them. Yeah. You could kill anybody. First of all, none of those hits would hurt anybody. Right. Your little crow in the first one, nobody's going to walk right into that. Yeah, no one's walking into the crane technique. I mean, oh, the crane. Yeah, that's right. The crane. But I will say it's a great show because of Johnny. Johnny makes the show. He's hilarious. We agree. We he need to get know how to plug in his laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's Gorney like right there. That's not Gorney like. That's Come on. very Gorney like. I remember when you were faxing receipts blindly to some number. It was a little different than without filling out expense reports, just faxing them. And then you yelled at me because you were six months late on your expense reports. And you're like, why can't they figure this out? My name's on them. Look, I, I don't understand why we have a corporate card and then we have to do an expense report. It's double the double the work. They already see the bill. It was funny, though. <laughs> it was you drive funny. Down I, I just, to, you'd drive down to Staples from the mountain. We used to have we used to have a boss who was like, all right, this is how you, this is what you do. Just sending them in and then he never told us how to do anything and we had just had to figure it out on our own it's different now we went by <laughs> yeah really so that was definitely curious but johnny is by far the best part of that show hash brown this he thinks facebook's gone because he threw his phone away i i love how uh i love uh the time when he's writing like the four page thing to Elizabeth shoe and the kid tells him. That yeah. he can't. Yeah. And then he, and then he, he writes the perfect thing and then he deletes it and said, not much. You not much you know? <laughs> yeah. That's great. He's, He's the great. best character on TV right now. So I started the queen's gambit. I'm on episode one. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I finished. I finished your undoing. The ending was horrible. You thought it was lame. I didn't like it. Yeah, I like the show. Like the five episodes were amazing, and Donald Sutherland was awesome. Yeah, but the sixth episode, the way it ended, sucked. Did you think that uh, it was the kid when Nicole Kidman found his violin box or whatever? I thought. Well, remember we talked, and I thought initially it was going to be either Nicole Kidman or the kid, and I'd be upset at either of them. Yeah, but then I thought it when Sutherland became more devious. Yeah. I thought it might be him, which would be great. Or I thought it might be that attorney friend of hers who's a little bit. Right. But the fact that none of that occurred and the ending was so bad, I, I just feel they had so many opportunities. Even if they decided on the killer, they could have made that so much better. Well, he was so diabolical. He, even at the last second, he thought his family was running to come be with him instead of rescuing the kid see that's that was the, the yeah story. but it, a sociopath doesn't feel for their children either right right Dahmer ain't playing with his nephews and nieces you know it was a little hard to sell and and yeah. 90 day um i love the 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 pretty one from the ukraine the high maintenance one Dar oh the one that always complains about everything no i Dar i don't know the one is the one who's yeah, the one who's in Louisiana. Yeah, Yara and Jovi. I like her. Yeah, she seems very sensible, and he seems like a tool. An alcoholic. An alcoholic tool who goes yeah. away for a month at a time to work yeah. when she's a stranger in a strange land. And it's she's like, there 90 days. Yeah, it's like that girl from Connecticut who went, went on a vacation for three weeks. 
right when what's his face came over like oh yeah the guy from south africa and she went to costa rica i like zayed i think he's very yeah. positive they were they worked hard hard on him at the airport i mean they're like oh he doesn't seem excited i'm like first of all he just flew like 80 hours yeah exactly and secondly he's being very cooperative and positive right what do you want him to do jump up and down shut up i know stupid daughter stupid son-in-law and then the crazy one that's living in the middle of the woods with mike oh she's getting a little old getting annoying um and that's it Tariq has nothing to bring yeah, Tariq to the nothing for me. and they didn't do anything with the farmer guy this past week um you don't like him either yeah no, i don't know either it's it this season isn't as good as it's been did you get discovery plus or whatever it is not getting it You're not going to stream everything no can't do it there's a lot of good stuff on there too like not just tlc but like we're talking discovery documentaries and stuff i haven't got it my wife got it so they took the west wing and the office off of netflix and it's like boy netflix you don't have much left for me have you, have you seen breaking bad yeah saw breaking bad loved it have you seen better call saul Better Call Saul, didn't like it. Too boring, dragged too much. All right. Well, what, what should I watch next? I need a new series other did than you, The Queen's Gambit. Did you see either one? Uh, yeah, I saw both. They're awesome. Oh, okay. Better Call Saul is amazing. Awesome. Better Call Saul is awesome. No, Better Call Saul is terrible. It's so boring. Oh. So boring. And I get, and I, I don't need action. I don't even like action movies. But something has to happen to continue the story along, not to find, you know, one character after a season. I mean, come I, on. That, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, it's been four seasons and he's still not Saul. That's a little yeah. slow, but yeah. it's still very well written. And, you know, when you see guys like Tuco and his uncle and all that stuff, like in Mike back in the beginning, it's awesome. You see Mad Men? Before we go. Mad Men. I watched it. I didn't like it. Hmm. The I watched ending seven, is seven seasons of it. Did you watch the the finale, the series finale? It's great. What other show? What other shows? Have great. Shows have we watched? You guys suck. You got nothing for me. Well, there's no time. Well, you know what's coming out is Bo the boys is coming out again. Man, Dead to Me is coming out again. Have you watched Dead to Me? Dead to Me, yes. Dead to Me season one is hilarious. Yeah. Dead to Me season two is a stretch. But season three is coming. Season three, okay. Okay, uh, nice. You, season three is coming. Oh, you know what the best show that I watch is? Is Billions. Yeah, I got to start watching that because I like that actor. He was in uh, Homeland. You've never watched Homeland, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Homeland yeah. is amazing. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? No, I don't know what that's about. Very good. It's about like 1920s kind of prohibition Atlantic City. Are there any other shows with the girl who gets murdered in The Undoing? Uh, that I do not I know. I will watch whatever she's in. I don't care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and she's Italian, I believe. So if, if it has subtitles, I'm still down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still a little smitten, must say. So You're just going to keep watching episode one over and over again? Uh, no, there's just two and a half minutes of episode one over and over again. All right. I know what doing that. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here.
He's at Adam Gordy on uh, uh, Twitter. He still refuses to get on Instagram, which is foolish. Um, I'm at Rivals Mike on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram at Rivals Godfather. I am also on TikTok for you young fans at Rivals Godfather. Do not shake your head. I'm not dancing. I'm breaking things down. I'm up okay. over 100 followers now. I'm trying to get verified. Uh, TikTok's going to blow up. And if it does, then I might start dancing. So just follow him on one social media platform. Although you do have a um, you have a handle on that other thing, right? Yeah, I do at, on Instagram, just so I could watch the Instagram live videos. For no, 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 I'm talking the conservative uh, one. Parlor? Yeah, yeah. Follow Gordon on Parlor. Parlor is shut down. I'm on I'm on Gab and Signal now. The other one. <laughs> on Parlor, he's a shotgun lover 28. <laughs> just keep an eye on him. <laughs> um, somebody told me I should get a Parlor account the other day. There's no parlor is no more. It's not. I know. I know. Well, you can apparently still download it from the website, but not the app store. Oh, but gee. either way, I have lost 200 and some odd followers, at least maybe 300 ever since the uh, raiding of the Capitol. The insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. So I miss my bots, first of all. Secondly, <laughs> I miss my crazy, crazy conservatives who are jumping yeah. off Twitter because. Yeah. Trump got banned from Twitter. Don't punish me for that. It's not my fault. So yeah, Twitter said they took down 70,000 QAnon profile pages on Twitter. Imagine. That. Did you lose any? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually did. And I thought that was like signing day and that kind of stuff. And 2021 recruits who followed me, nope. following me. But yeah, that must have been some sort of purge. It's a bot slash lunatic purge. I'm going to parlor, you know, and, and the general consensus of my followers is the, on the lunatic fringe. Right. Yeah. I can't afford to lose any of those. So anyways, hopefully they come back, but that's it. Follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, what else should I get? Is there another one? I think that's it. That's good for now. Should I get on Reddit? Reddit. Yeah. I watch, I follow the wall street bets, Reddit. It's fun. Um, what's that one we bought for eight, $7 billion and sold for like 70,000. Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. Should I get on Tumblr? Tumblr, get on Flickr, Tumblr, <laughs> all the hot ones. All these great purchases. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. We're out. See ya. <laughs>